Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted a gripping imprint of boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. You don't connect the dots. It's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill their promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had men and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children. Music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer, because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth.
I'm Ryan Gable, your host, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings on The Fringe FM. To contact the show, rdgable at yahoo.com is the email. That's rdgable at yahoo.com. Feel free to send us an email there, rdgable at yahoo.com, or find us on social media, facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings. You can find the network website, The Fringe FM, also on Facebook and search thefringe.fm. If you didn't already know that, thefringe.fm, the network website. You can also download the Fringe application to listen to the show along with TalkStream Live, the Paranormal Radio app, and others. It's The Fringe FM, and this is The Secret Teachings. I've maybe done like three shows, the likes of which we're going to do tonight in all the years I've done radio, which next week will be my 11th year anniversary since I began radio. I think I've maybe done three shows on this topic. I know that I did one for sure, like two years ago. And I know that I probably talked about it on one or two other shows. And I don't, I don't get into the details of it because it's very speculative it's very theoretical, and even those that are experts in the field of this particular subject, if there is a field per se, it's kind of like a branch of a field, an idea, a theory of a field, a theoretical concept, they really don't have any clue either. And even for theoretical physicists, they just kind of guess. That is the subject of time travel. But tonight's show is not going to be a typical time travel show. When I do a time travel show, or when I think about time travel, personally, I'm not thinking so much about the physics of it, the mathematics of it, although we might talk a little bit about that. I'm thinking more about how anyone with a video camera and a microphone can just claim that they're a time traveler, and suddenly they've got a million hits on YouTube. And I don't know if that's just the entertainment value of it, which it is entertaining because I'll watch those things and here I am, I'll talk about them. Or if it's people clicking that video and, you know, just because you click it and watch it for 30 seconds doesn't mean you watch the whole thing. But I don't know if it's people like clicking and watching that thinking like, hey, this is real. You know, there are a lot of people that are basically trapped in their homes. Maybe they have disabilities, so they listen to radio. They watch a lot of stuff online. Or maybe they're a generation removed from myself and they don't understand the way that content on the internet works. So they watch these things. They think, well, it's on the internet, just like it was on TV when they were younger. So it has to be true. It's on the internet, so it has to be true. There are people that think like this. I I, I try to break that perception. I try to break that, that ceiling, that paradigm, try to shift that paradigm. Because everything you see online is not accurate. In fact, there's probably more accuracy on television than there is online. And that is, yes, the result of a free and open form of communication, which is a great thing. And I would not want it any other way in terms of open, free discussion. But with that open, free discussion needs to come a form of responsibility in not being so damn gullible. And that's not something you can really teach. That's something you have to figure out on your own. Because like you, I was duped and I was the victim of fraud over and over again on a number of topics, on a number of subjects. 
and you see on YouTube whether they're people that you know, household-like names, or they're people that you've never heard of. There are whole YouTube channels that have millions of hits and make lots of money, some of them, by just interviewing people that claim to be time travelers. I mean, I guess if I was a time traveler, what I would do is I would go back in time, I would get in my DeLorean, I would go back in time, and then I would find the cheapest, uh, crappiest YouTube channel, and I would go let them interview me. Because that, I guess, is what time travelers do. They don't go back in time and try to kill Stalin. They don't go back in time and try to win the lottery. They go back in time and they go to the crappiest YouTube channel they can find. And they let the YouTube channel host interview them. But they don't show you any proof. And they black out or they they smudge out the face so you can't see who they are. And then that gets you know 10 million hits on YouTube. It's just preposterous. It's ridiculous. There are, there are certain things about time travel that interest me outside of the the nerdy mainline perception of time travel. And, and that's where you start to get into the subject of like Nikola Tesla. It's a weird topic. I like Nikola Tesla. They actually have a Nikola Tesla statue at Niagara Falls. It was just there the other day with Joe Roop from Lighting the Void. And they have a Tesla statue there. And it talks about, on the little plaque in front of Tesla, how he invented the AC alternating current and uh, the induction motor that was used to generate electricity from the falls at Niagara. Way ahead of his time, like late 19th, early 20th century. I mean, this man invented so much stuff that it's just beyond belief. It's like literally... This guy has thousands of patents to his name, and uh, at least a thousand. And then with what he actually sold, what he had uh, maybe in, in a way even given away to companies because he gave up a lot of money, a lot of uh, power just to create things. He had like over 1,500 different inventions. I mean, the things like neon lights, that's Tesla, artificial lighting is Tesla, particle beam energy Tesla, x-rays, Tesla, remote automation systems. Nikola Tesla was like using remote control to power little tiny, like little RC ships in water in New York like a hundred years ago, more than a hundred years ago. Uh, His radio technology, which was before Marconi, was at the same time, but before Marconi, um, and I believe, I, I, I think it was... The U.S., was it the Supreme Court? I forget exactly how this went down. It's in probably a Tesla biography, but like they they ruled that Tesla actually invented the radio before Marconi. Like he had the idea and he patented the idea before Marconi. Something to that effect. And his radio technology is used in computers, missiles, navigation, satellites, rockets, smartphones even. I mean, Tesla predicted smartphones in a sense, not maybe the, the same kind of smartphone you're using right now, but predicted that there would be wireless communication devices. And uh, this was in ni- 1920s. He predicted that this would be true. He didn't say like, hey, there's going to be Apple. Hey, there's going to be Android. He just said that there are going to be these remote, these remote uh, wireless communication devices and we'd slip it in our pocket. And we do that today. 
And as a result of this, people have said that Tesla might be a time traveler. Others have said, no, Tesla's not a time traveler. He's from the planet Venus. Did you know that? Have you heard this one? He's from the planet Venus. That's a thing. People think Tesla's from the planet Venus. And there's an article from the Epoch Times that came out in July of this year, and that's actually what it reports. It says, Nikola Tesla, inventor of wireless technology, an alien from Venus. Now, this is like time travel. You see that on the Internet. Some people see the Epoch Times as a very reputable source, and I think probably it is more so than a lot of other sources you'd find online, but that's relative. And you read this article, and it's like the FBI. That's where they get you. The FBI is reporting in declassified documents that Nikola Tesla is an alien from Venus. That sounds pretty incredible. So let's go look at the documents. And you go look at the documents, and in the Epoch Times, they quote one of the FBI documents, and it talks about Tesla being from Venus. And it's like, whoa, the FBI actually has that in their records? That's incredible. What a headline. And that's in the document. I've actually got the, the, the FBI has three declassified files on Tesla, several hundred pages. I have one of the files. I could not print out the one that was like 200 or so pages. I printed out the one that was 60 front and back. So it was like 30 pages, 30 pieces of computer paper. And if you look at it, it's just a compilation of like news articles and, and newsletters and reports that the FBI compiled on Tesla. The FBI wasn't writing a report saying Tesla must be from Venus. Other people were saying that, including George Van Tassel, who's one of these contactees kind of made in the mold of uh, George Adamski and others. And uh, George Van Tassel's the guy, you know, who hosted the annual Giant Rock spacecraft convention next to the Giant Rock. And from 1953 to 1978, which attracted in 1959 as many as 10,000 attendees, where people just flocked to the desert. And uh, he even had an airstrip out there, so people flew in uh, at the Giant Rock Airport. And he later, at the time he was building, he built this thing called the Integratron, uh, just 20 miles north of Joshua Tree National Park. I've actually been out there. I went out there with uh, David Hatcher Childress and Brad Olson one year, uh, and, and uh, David's wife, who go out there to the Integratron. And he, George Van Tassel claimed this thing was based on like the biblical tabernacle and, of course, the writings of Nikola Tesla. Uh, and co and conveniently, of course, it was also channeled through telepathic communications from aliens. All it is is a big, large wooden dome, and it's supposed to rejuvenate you if you're inside of it. So people lay on the ground inside of the structure, and they take a sound bath. Sounds That sounds expensive. Uh, and having been to the Integratron myself, it doesn't look like anything out of this world, but maybe... Maybe there's a flux capacitor in there somewhere. I don't know. Maybe you time travel. Maybe you rejuvenate your body. I mean, see, the thing is, there are legitimately like really simple, basic things that make you feel really good. And whether it's air ionization, if it's negative air ions or not, like people talk about salt lamps. I mean, I can have a salt lamp. I, I, I use like $3 colored Christmas lights and I put them up in my room. And I lay down at night. I did this last night. I laid down, and it was raining. It was storming the entire night. And I laid down, and I, listening to the rain, I kind of cracked my window. It was pretty cold outside, but I cracked the window, and I just listened to the rain. I listened to a little bit of tree rustling, maybe some distant thunder or something. But rain just rolling off the building, rain hitting the window, the side of the building, running down the drain, 
and I got these colored lights on. I turned those off. I just lay there and I relaxed, and, and it was rejuvenating. I didn't need to build an Integratron to fill that. But uh, could there be certain types of things, like uh, kind of like feng shui, the way that you design and organize and restructure things in your house, and it does change the energy. I mean, I, I change my studio layout often because it changes the energy. So there's something to that, but you don't necessarily have to build this big structure and then claim, well, I got this idea to rearrange my studio from extraterrestrials based on the writings of Nikola Tesla. Uh, the reality is I don't know if there are probably more than a handful of people, even you know, biographers of Tesla. I've read the major biographies on, on the guy, minus one. And it, nobody has, like, definitive proof that's been published that this guy was in contact with aliens, okay? I'm not talking about Van Tassel because, see, the thing is Van Tassel said he got the idea of the Integratron through the writings of Nikola Tesla, and then others say Nikola Tesla got his ideas from aliens or that he was an alien. It's, just, it's really confusing. So we're going to kind of look at this tonight. We're going to break this down. The FBI did not say that Tesla's from Venus. However, there are reports in the FBI archive that are declassified that do talk about Tesla being from Venus, but it wasn't the FBI that wrote that. It was George Van Tassel who wrote that, or at least part partly written by George Van Tassel. It was from an interplanetary sessions newsletter that was written back in the 50s, 1957, and it was about a lecture given by George Van Tassel and Dan Fry in New York City. On June 20th, 1957, you had to pay a dollar twenty-five to get into this thing. This is in the FBI record, and it talks about Tesla being uh, from Venus. So some people think Tesla was from Venus. Some people think Tesla communicated with aliens. Maybe they were from Venus. And then some people think that Tesla was just a guy and that he was insignificant, and so they just completely eliminate him from history. Or they think he was so significant that he affects the other historical figures like Edison and some, some of these other people like Marconi, uh, so they just they still get rid of him because he's too much of a threat. And they, they remove statues and remove, uh, you know, little museums. And it's hard to find anything in the United States that references Tesla. You can go to Niagara Falls and see it. Um, I talked to somebody who lives in Colorado Springs where Tesla had a lab. And they told me that I, I haven't been there, but they told me that they took down that like memorial they had. They kept his house or the little testing lab. But they took down, like, the memorial they had to him. They took down the statue. I don't know if that's true. I've never been to Colorado Springs, but somebody told me that. Completely unrelated to anything that, that we're talking about tonight, but just was something that I thought was interesting. So you've got Nikola Tesla. You've got George Van Tassel. You've got Tesla supposedly from Venus. Okay. And also, a paper was just published in Classical and Quantum Gravity by a University of Queensland student, Germaine Tobar, essentially mathematically proving that time travel is real uh, because time travel is usually based on CTCs, closed time-like curves. And the, the mathematics proposed by Germaine Tobar or others that worked with this individual show that there doesn't need to be the paradox in time travel, and there doesn't need to be the, the butterfly effect, if you will, changing things drastically because you stepped on a butterfly. Because as long as the two pieces of the entire scenario within the closed time-like curve, the CTC, are still in casual order when you leave, the rest is subject to local free will, meaning that you won't disturb the timeline so long as the entrance and the exit remain the same. 
And the paper reports this. This is the conclusion of the paper. Our results show that CTCs are not only compatible with determinism and with the local free choice of operations, but also with a rich and diverse range of scenarios and dynamical processes. Like, you can do whatever you want as long as the time loop or the the CTC, as long as this remains intact, you can do whatever you want in the timeline, and then it won't affect other timelines. It won't affect the overall structure of space-time, I guess. I won't overall affect the the structure of other timelines. It won't even affect that timeline per se because you're working within it. It doesn't change that timeline as long as the entrance and the exit points remain the same. I thought this was really interesting too. Multiple water bodies found under the surface of Mars, and this all ties together. Several liquid bodies have been found under the south pole of Mars according to a major new study. The findings give extra credence to previous research that suggested there could be a large saltwater lake under the Martian surface, according to the researchers. The findings could be key in the search for alien life on the planet, the researchers note. Given life as we know, it requires liquid water to survive. That's always the same thing they tell you, except they neglect to tell you, like I told you on Thursday's show last week, that back in like the 60s and 70s, NASA detected officially big large blanketed mists of water on the surface of the moon. And that is well documented. There have been multiple times that NASA has detected some type of water, water vapor on the moon. And then they just keep telling you like, oh, well, we finally found water on Mars. Oh, we finally found water on the moon. Well, over and over and over again, you're told that. But every time there's a report published, they act like it's the first time. And you put it all together, you're like, wait a minute, we've seen that before. We've heard that before. And here's another story that came out on the 26th of September. This is a big one. This really ruffled some feathers. This is from Scientific American. And this is an opinion piece. But there are other reports where people took this to another level. Is there really life on Venus? There's only one way to know for sure. This wasn't the initial story. There were some other stories, but this is what came of those stories that were uh, circulating the Internet, that there was life potentially kind of like in the atmosphere of Venus. And the scientists came out, they're like, nah, you can't have life on Venus. It's just there's no evidence. There's no proof of that. Well, depending on how you define life, you can actually ask the opposite question. You don't have any evidence or proof that there isn't life on Venus. I don't care one way or another, personally. Uh, I mean, I think it actually is more interesting that there's a giant monolith on Phobos, one of Mars's moons, and that there's giant underground cavities of water, giant water bodies on Mars. You ever seen that Phobos monolith? It's incredible. I think it's interesting that there are giant objects that move on the surface of the moon, whether it's by vibration or some magnetic, something like that. Or as the rocks move uh, in in Death Valley here in the in the United States, or they move uh, in Salt Lake City. We had a listener said that they've seen the rocks move in, at one of the big salt lakes in Salt Lake City, Utah. Here they move because of environmental conditions. So I think that's pretty interesting. There's something else going on in the moon. We've got giant monoliths on Phobos. And, of course, you have all the, the strange objects that have been photographed on the moon, the domes, the giant what look like obelisks. I mean, this these are like Russian space photographs. NASA, some of them are NASA photographs. And giant bodies of water on Mars. And like all that's right there. 
and now we're arguing about life on Venus, and it's like these scientists come out, they have no clue, and they're like, wait, wait, wait a minute, you can't say that, There's, we, don't, we have no evidence of that. Well, if somebody find, found evidence of it, just because you didn't find it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. You know, I, and, and, and then I see this story about time travel, just this, this university student, and uh, mathematically supposedly figuring out that there's a paradox-free way to time travel. And I read that, and I wonder what other people think about it. I wonder what people think about that. I wonder if people think, well, that means that time travel is real. We can do it. That means that time travel's already been done. That's why things are so messed up. Maybe Nikola Tesla invented time travel. See, the FBI said he was from Venus, and just recently we've heard that there's, there's life on Venus, potentially, and that there could be life on Mars. And it's just you hear the same stories over and over again. That's how they get your attention with the headlines. You know that, right? That's how they get your attention. Just like this Epoch Times article, FBI report. Nikola Tesla, inventor of wireless technology and alien from Venus. Well, that's not what the FBI said. If you read it, the FBI didn't say that at all. They just had a document that was about a speech given by George Van Tassel. And in that document, it talks about Nikola Tesla maybe being a Venusian, Venusian from Venus. We're going to look at this in more detail when we come back. Time travel. Nikola Tesla. I'm going to give you the raw cold, hard reality of these stories, and then you can determine for yourself. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings on the Fringe FM. You can subscribe to our archive at www.thesecretteachings.info. Contact us at rdgable at yahoo.com. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Right here on the Fringe FM. You're listening to KTLK Digital Broadcasting. May I have the password, please? The Fringe FM. That's right, sir. That is the password. Hi, it's David Childress from Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. This is The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings or our website, thesecretteachings.info. If you'd like to hear more of The Secret Teachings, if you missed a show or part of a show, Sign up to the ever-expanding archive at thesecretteachings.info. When you subscribe for a month or year, you get access to the full show archive to every show after it airs. You can download and stream unlimited episodes and share your login with friends or family. With your subscription, you can also get access on the website to all of Ryan's digital books and the ever-growing montage archive. Just visit thesecretteachings.info and click on the Donate Subscribe tab at the top of the page. Use the secure PayPal link and start your membership today. By subscribing, you support The Secret Teachings, The Fringe FM, Ryan, and yourself. Alex Hi, I'm Alex Exum, and you're listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. 
The Secret Teachings t-shirts are now available through TeePublic and the show website at thesecretteachings.info. Whatever your color or size, check out the full selection on our website. Shirt designs include the Secret Teachings logo, our Occult Arcana shirt, the infamous Mothman, and of course the Blue Chicken Avian shirts, among others like the Paranormal Desert shirt. Check them out on TeePublic by searching for The Secret Teachings or simply visit thesecretteachings.info and select the merchandise option at the top of the page. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana, complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles, and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports The Secret Teachings and Fringe FM, but most importantly, it supports you. is out there. There's something out here. And so are we. KTOK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. I'm Ryan Gable, host of The Secret Teachings, and you are listening to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. This is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings. You could end up in a different part of time. You could go into your own past and then come visit yourself before you entered the beginning of the world. Are you telling me you built a time machine? Kind of a DeLorean? Time's up. This is what makes time travel possible. It can actually begin to twist time into a loop because in Einstein's theory, space and time are linked to each other. Whatever you do to space also eventually happens to time. So in addition to twisting space, you will eventually twist time into a loop. And along that loop in time, you can go back into the past. Where the hell are they? The appropriate question is, when the hell are they? You see, Einstein has just become the world's first time traveler. I sent him into the future. Close time like curves. And that's not a matter of taking time and reversing its direction. It's a matter of always going into future light tones, but ending up where you began. And this morning he woke up dead. How the hell do you wake up dead? Because you're alive when you go to sleep. Because you can go to bed and not be dead, and you can die but not be in the bed. But you are in the bed, man. That's how you wake up dead in the first place, fool. That's some quantum shit right there, man. What did I tell you? 88 miles per 
I'm Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings on the Fringe FM. Time travel, classical and quantum gravity, a journal where a Queensland University student, Jermaine Tobar, just published a paper essentially proving that time travel without paradox is possible. That since most time travel discussions center around CTCs, or closed time-like curves, the mathematics demonstrate, according to the study, that as long as the two pieces of the entire scenario within a closed time-like curve, CTC, are still in casual order, when you leave, the rest is subject to local free will. You can do whatever you want as long as the CTC is closed. The report says, the paper says, our results show that CTCs are not only compatible with determinism and with local free choice of operations, but also with a rich and diverse range of scenarios and dynamical processes. This is just a nerdy way of saying that it's possible without paradox so long as the entrance and exit points remain the same. This is what the new mathematical formula demonstrates that time travel is deterministic and locally free. According to the paper, it resolves the paradox of time travel, or at least the paradoxes, the paradoxical theories of time travel. And the the research uh, shows that the present is not going to be changed by time traveling. Now, do they actually know that? Probably not, because they've not time traveled. Uh, Although scientists have demonstrated that they can essentially stop light and this was years ago, I saw a documentary, uh, I don't even know what it was, I just remember watching, they were able to stop light for like an indiscernible amount of time, but they were able to stop a beam of light, stop the particles, or to be able to, even like teleportation, to teleport particles of light over a lake, over a short distance, they were able to teleport them, or they were maybe able to speed them up and send them into the future, so that they arrive like a minute or so later, kind of like the DeLorean, and back to the future. Uh, and by the way, that montage that I put together, that last bit there about waking up dead, that was from that uh, scary movie with uh, Anthony Anderson. How do you wake up dead? Because you're alive when you go to sleep. It's one of, <laughs> that's one of the things I was thinking. I'm going to make a time travel montage, and I need something else to end it with. And I thought, oh my God, that's a great, that's a great clip for that. So is time travel possible? So this is the mathematical, scientific, theoretical, university, mainline, physics perspective and officialdom of time travel. You know, 50 years ago, this would have probably been looked at as nonsense. Uh, Although, you know, Einstein was definitely a genius, I guess, depending on how you define genius. And we always think about Einstein. We always talk about Einstein. I mean, that's just, that's what we call people that are intelligent. You're like an Einstein. There's even a little baby show, right, for little kids called Baby Einstein. How about a baby show called Baby Tesla? How about that? How about we teach kids about Nikola Tesla in school? And and I say that with a little reservation because, I and Einstein's the same way. It's like people get so so worked up about Nikola Tesla, they get worked up about Einstein, 
in a way that's just it's inaccurate. Like it that's not what Einstein said. That's not what Einstein wrote. That's not what Nikola Tesla said. That's not what Nikola Tesla wrote. But they become these cultural, social, pop culture icons. Like you can see Einstein, these pictures of Einstein on T-shirts at like Hot Topic, you know, the one where like the universe is exploding out of his brain. And the, and I think the funny thing is a lot of the people that are really into that, that would wear that kind of thing, like, yeah, they might like science. But, but they usually have this weird like ideology, uh, very materialistic and then they dabble in things that are kind of weird and wacky and paranormal and spooky and, ooh, it's so cool. And then if you question the validity of what they're saying, like, okay, hold on a second. Einstein didn't actually say that. And it's worse with Nikola Tesla. Here's what people say about Nikola Tesla. The guy was in contact with aliens. Really, where was he in contact with aliens? Can you show me where he said he was in contact with aliens? Oh, well, he said that he got some signals that might be from intelligent beings. Okay, well, let, let, let me examine that real quick, because Tesla fits into the subject of time travel. Uh, there's a book written by Margaret Cheney. It's about Nikola Tesla. In fact, it's the biography that was used for, you know, your PBS stuff on, on television. And there's a section in this book. It's a really good book. There's a section in this book where Margaret Janey's talking about Tesla's supposed contact with extraterrestrials and the myth of this contact with extraterrestrials. It's a very persistent myth, despite the fact that the original source of that information comes completely out of context from Nikola Tesla and his writings. And, of course, it didn't actually come from Tesla per se. It more so came from his friend, who was a journalist. And his friend, who was a journalist, simply speculated that Tesla was so far ahead of his time that it was like he was contacted by extraterrestrials. The only other substantial piece of quote-unquote evidence, if you'd like to call it that, is a telegram sent in 1923. Nikola Tesla said this, I have a deep conviction that highly intelligent beings exist on Mars. While experimenting in Colorado, I obtained extraordinary experimental evidence of the existence of life on Mars. I have perfected a wireless receiver of extraordinary sensitiveness, far beyond anything known. And I caught signals which I interpreted, which I interpreted, didn't say he proved it, which I interpreted as meaning 1, 2, 3, 4. I believe the Martians used numbers for communication because numbers are universal. It, quote, end quote. That's what Tesla actually said. And his friend, who was a journalist, just said it, he was, this guy was so far ahead of his time, it was like, and that's actually what the book and the documentary are called, A Man Out of Time or something like that. He was so far ahead of his time, it's like he was contacted by extraterrestrials. Now, other people have different theories on Tesla. Some people say Nikola Tesla contrary to having, you know, been contacted by extraterrestrials. Instead, Nikola Tesla was a time travel, time traveler. Uh, and then other people go a little bit further. They're like, no, he was both. He was an alien time traveler. And yeah, that'll get you some really cheap hits on YouTube. <laughs> that'll get you some, some traffic on the internet. But it's not necessarily something that you can substantiate. You can purely speculate that there's any... Um, 
integrity to those claims, first of all, that it's not just cheap, or that there's any evidence or proof of that whatsoever. Now, you could, again, you can speculate, and that's that's okay, but there's a problem that I have with this crap. I'm tired of listening to speculation where people are delusionally speculating. They're, they're delusional, and they're speculating, but they think the speculation from a delusional point of view is integral and that it's factual, and that because they didn't actually read what the people said, they just take it out of context, and this is more so for the people that are like listening and watching these things, they believe it because there's like an implication that it's there. Well, you're now a person removed from time because you didn't live in 1923. You don't know Nikola Tesla. You don't know his friend who was the journalist. You don't know anybody alive at that time. All you have is writing. All you have are a few photographs. All you have is speculation. Now, I'll speculate with you, but don't tell me that Nikola Tesla was a time traveler from another period of time or that he's an alien time traveler, which might be more absurd than the people that just get on YouTube and say that they they came from the year 4000, which you see this all the time. And it it's really, really, I think it's embarrassing. You know, if, if it's specifically for entertainment, that's one thing. But you have to understand and have, have some kind of responsibility and self-awareness that people are going to watch that and believe it. And if you're ripping people off like that, that's just, that's just, that's sleazy. All right, that's greasy. That's slimy. All right, I can think of a bunch of radio hosts that do the same thing. It's just really, really wrong. And then those same radio hosts, they get all this major props after years and years and years of defrauding their audience. And then they're like, look, I'm going to ask for proof from now on, all right? I want to ask for proof. And he's like, oh, my God, he's asking for proof. What an amazing guy. It's like, dude, I've been over here asking for proof for so many years, and it's lost me so much money and so much respect, but it's also gained me a tremendous amount of respect because the people that just want to hear nonsense, they don't respect you when you don't feed them what you want, what they want to be fed. I don't want to feed you anything. I just want to give you information, like I said in the first segment. You can decide for yourself. So here's what we have. We have a University of Queensland student, Jermaine Tobar, who essentially has mathematically proved that paradox-free time travel is possible. All right? So let's keep this in mind. We've seen two reports in the month of September from different sources, from the Independent to Scientific American, And they say that there are multiple bodies of water found under the surface of Mars. This is a big, big report that came out. Uh, This this, this, uh, discovery was made by the MARSIS, uh, the Mars Advanced Radar for Subsurface and Ionosphere Sounding, which is on board the Mars Express spacecraft sent by the European Space Agency to orbit around Mars. Maybe they should turn that thing, though, just a little bit, and they should have a, a, a look at Phobos, one of the moons of Mars, where there's this giant monolith. And this isn't a new thing. This has been known about for potentially decades, that there's an enormous monolith that looks like something from a space uh, a space odyssey on Phobos, one of the moons of Mars. You know, Carl Sagan talked about Mars, and he talked about the moons of Mars, and how the moons of Mars are potentially, I say potentially because we don't know, but potentially hollowed out just like the moon of the earth. Now that would be interesting and it might be more than interesting if the research of some 
journalists and authors is accurate in the sense that Mars, far from being the home world of Martians and aliens that are different than us, was actually the first Earth. And then as cataclysm struck on Mars and the atmosphere was lost, whatever it was millions of years ago in the past, whoever humans were, whatever humans were, came to Earth and seeded this planet as a secondary home. Now, this is, again, pure speculation, but there are religious and uh, I guess they're more, you could call them more religious texts. Uh, M. Don Shorn, an author friend of ours, he, I've seen his library. He went through all the old texts, all the old books, like anything he could get his hands on, and he pieced together this, this theory, and he talks about how there were the, the first civilization, like human beings, whatever we might consider ourselves to be historically, began on Mars, and then there was a separation because of cataclysm. Some went to the moon, some went to Earth, just to try to get off of this dying planet. Now, it's totally fantastic. It's totally fantastic. I get that. M. Don Sean provided a tremendous amount of referenced material, though, in his works, so I'm listening to it, and I'm reading it, and it makes a little bit more sense. Uh, now, if you believe in remote viewing, we've had Courtney Brown on the show, and although for some reason I can't get him back on the show, Courtney Brown, the last time he came on the show, talked about the remote viewing of Mars and how there were still people on Mars. So I, I don't know. You get people that are respectable. I mean, Courtney Brown basically worked for the for the military on their programs, their military programs for remote viewing. People like M. Don Shorn, this guy was an engineer, and he studied a, a tremendous amount of text to piece together his works. And you get other people that are, you know, I would say respectable researchers, and they start saying the same thing, and they don't seem to be connected to each other. Then you start to piece together something more than speculative, and you get something that's more theoretical, which is where we are in the subject of time travel. And I think we're at that point perhaps a little bit further on the subject of life on other planets. Again, life can be defined as very subjective because what exactly is life? Um, there's, there's a rapper named Tom McDonald who, who had a line in one of his recent songs where he said, you know, define life for me. A heartbeat is not life on Earth, but bacteria is life on Mars. That's really weird, isn't it? How do you define life? Well, there's water on Mars. According to MARSIS, the Mars Advanced Radar for Subsurface and Ionosphere uh, Sounding, uh, sent by the ESA, the European Space Agency. And then we have uh, big monoliths on Phobos, and some both of the moons of Mars are supposed to be hollowed, according to some of the stuff that Carl Sagan was, was, was talking about. And that also relates to the moon and what NASA said about the hollowness of the moon. So you just start piecing this together. And, and this is what like real speculation, real theorizing, real research means. You don't have a predetermined conclusion. Like, Tesla's an alien from Venus. Well, how do you know that? The FBI said so. Really? The FBI said that? Well, I've got the report right here in front of me, and we'll look at it here in a second. I don't think the FBI said that. I read it. The FBI didn't say that, but we'll look at that in a second. But speaking of Nikola Tesla being from Venus, there's a report circulating, a number of reports, stories all over the, the scientific community 
about how there's life on Venus. Did you hear about that? Life on Venus. And as soon as that was published, there were like, you know, all the eggheads, all the nerds, all the 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 pencil pen protector pouch people, they were very, very upset because this shook their paradigm. It doesn't add up in the mathematics. We don't know this for sure. We don't know this for sure. And, and they, they, just, they lose their freaking mind. It's like, dude, it's speculation. Have you been to Venus? Do you have any idea? Okay, you're using light waves and you're using giant lenses to try to determine something that unless you're there, you have no idea. Now, you can use science. And when people use science to determine that, oh, there might be some form of life in, in, the, in the atmosphere of Venus, then all the nerds just, they lose it, you know? They're real, maybe they're just upset because they didn't get their braces off yet, okay? They still got braces at 35. Maybe they're upset because of that. I don't know, but a lot of these nerds lose it. And on the other side of the spectrum, a lot of the nerds, they're like, they're like, they're getting the lube and they're just, they're stroking it to it. Oh my God, there's life on Venus, you know? And they just, they, they orgasm because of it. And then there are other scientists in the middle that are like, okay, hold on a second. Hold on a second, okay? Brace face and the guy who masturbates to the idea of aliens on other planets. Maybe there's another way we can look at this. Maybe we can actually use the science, whatever the hell that has become, whatever that means, to look at things on a case-by-case basis so we can be actually objective, not get emotional and hysterical about it, and not worry about whether we're going to get funding or not for our next project because we believe or don't believe in something. See, that's real science. Money corrupted science. Subjectivity and bias corrupted science. Real science, real objectivity is observation. And if people are observing, I don't know who these people are. I don't know what kind of instruments they're using. They could be using a a kaleidoscope, for all I know. They could be dropping acid in the desert, dancing around, storming Area 51. But if they're observing Venus, however they're doing it, and they're determining there might be life there, as speculative as that might be, you know, then why should we not listen to what they're saying in the same way that we listen to the other people that say there's no such thing as life on other worlds. Why? Well, did you go to all the other worlds and figure that out? And I know that might be a cheap argument, but you don't know. That doesn't mean I think that there's life on every planet, though. See, we have to be objective about this. In the same way that people tell me, oh, Nikola Tesla, this guy was from Venus. What, what are you talking about? He's from Venus. And other people say Nikola Tesla is a time traveler. And then you want to go really far off the edge. You want to get in a barrel and go off Niagara Falls what they tell you is Nikola Tesla is a Venusian time traveler. And I'm just thinking, can I see like a shred of evidence? And then I, I, I came across that evidence. The Epoch Times, July 2020, just a few months ago. FBI report, Nikola Tesla, inventor of wireless technology, an alien from Venus. Tesla's scientific creations were considered 300 to 1,000 years ahead of his time. I don't know how they calculate that. That's a long time, maybe 100 years, but not 300 to 1,000. I don't know where the hell that number comes from. All his creations in his later years were subsequently classified as top secret by the FBI. Titled Nikola Tesla Part 3 of 3, the third of three declassified FBI reports about Tesla contains 64 pages with certain portions blotted out in black ink. So that must be the part 
where they talk about Nikola Tesla being uh, an alien from Venus. They blotted that out with black ink, right? Well, if you read it, they're not talking about Nikola Tesla being from Venus. What they're talking about is nothing in particular. It is a compilation of everything from press releases to actual FBI documentation, like things from the FBI, uh, from companies, uh, uh, the, the, the first page is an interplanetary sessions newsletter about a lecture by George Van Tassel. And here's what it says. It talks about George Van Tassel and whatnot. It says, this letter will not reach you in time to sight flying saucers over New York on the night of June 13th from 10 p.m. to 1 a.m., but there will be, again, full-scale, or there will again be full-scale operations of flying saucers over all American areas on July 1st. And there's a big whole amount of context to this that's missing. These are just the parts that the FBI, this is what they have in their archive, and this is what's underlined. It says, it was placed in operation in 1950, the, the so-called death ray, and since that time, the Tesla engineers have been in close touch with spaceships. The space people have visited the Tesla engineers many times and have told us that Tesla was a Venusian brought to this planet as a baby in 1856, and left with Mr. and Mrs. Tesla in a remote mountain province in what is now Yugoslavia. That's what it says. Now, that is a newsletter. This is not written by the Federal Bureau of Investigation. But if I try to tell the nerds that, if I try to tell the sci-fi fans that, they tell me that you must hate Tesla, you must hate sci-fi, you must hate UFOs, you don't believe in it. No, I don't believe in something just because there's a headline that says FBI Nikola Tesla is an alien. Well, let me read it. Oh, the FBI didn't say that. Okay, and I would imagine that unlike a lot of people that are spreading this information on the Internet, how many of them have done what I've done? How many of them have gone to the FBI's website and actually printed this out and sat here meticulously, you know, and just gone through all this? See, this is this is what happens. When you don't have friends, you don't get laid, and you don't have a life, you sit and you go through hundreds and hundreds of papers about Nikola Tesla in the FBI archives just to prove some other nerds who also don't have a life, don't have friends, and don't get laid wrong. That's what you do, okay? And that's what I'm doing for you. I'm, setting, I'm sacrificing my life to show you that this is horse you-know-what, all right? And to top that all off, if it couldn't get you know stranger, George Van Tassel... I don't even know how I feel about this guy, but I have a whole section in my book, The Technological Elixir, and it's all about UFO cults, all about UFO cults. And I talk a little bit about George Adamski in there, and a little bit about George Van Tassel and his giant rock spacecraft convention in the 50s, which he held from, the, I think, 1953 to 1978. And uh, he built this Integratron out there. Uh, right around the area of Joshua Tree. I've been to the Integratron. I, that's where they used to have the Contact in the Desert Conference at Joshua Tree. It's a beautiful place. And George Van Tassel, who's giving the lecture about you know in this Interplanetary Sessions newsletter in the FBI archive, he said that he got the idea for the Integratron, which is supposed to be some sound bath healing center, and maybe it is. He got the idea from the Biblical Tabernacle and telepathic communication from aliens, but he also said he got it, he got the idea, get this, he got the idea from Nikola Tesla. That's where he got the idea. And maybe, again, maybe he did get the idea from Nikola Tesla. Maybe he was channeling aliens like the movie Contact. 
That's George Van Tassel. This is not the FBI. And even if it were the FBI, does that make it any more believable, any less believable? For some it would be more, for some it would be less. Here's the bottom line again. Let me give you another bottom line. A student from Queensland University essentially proved that time travel is possible without paradox. You look at the work of Nikola Tesla, it seems so far out of this world, but so does the work of any genius. Musicians, poets, writers, athletes. I mean, you could look at some of the greatest athletes of all time and be like, they were so good, they redefined the game. They must be from Venus. They must be from another planet, like Space Jam or something. There's no way they were that good. There's no way Tesla was that smart. Well, maybe you're just really dumb. <laughs> maybe that's why. Maybe I'm really dumb. Maybe I'm stupid. Maybe that's why I can't understand it. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings on the Fringe FM. We're going to go deeper into this when we come back from break. Is there life on Venus? Does that matter? Is Tesla from Venus? I don't think so. Is he a time travel? I really don't think so. We're going to talk a little more about time travel when we come back from break. Right here on The Secret Teachings after we play our montage again www.thesecretteachings.info that's www.thesecretteachings.info subscribe to our archive today to get access to all of our past broadcasts they'll be uploaded within 72 hours usually within 12 hours of the show airing on the fringe fm you'll also get access to the montage archive and more when you subscribe at thesecretteachings.info you can grab my book the technological elixir it has all this information about UFO cults in it. Also on the website, paperback, autographed, free shipping in the United States. Again, www.thesecretteachings.info. Stay with us more after this. Have everything you need to explore the secret teachings. I've got my secret socks on and my secret TV and my secret TV channel. Looks like SpongeBob's ready. Are you? You are listening to the secret teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info you could listen to this and that show is now running all day friday and all day saturday on history channel which is really amazing since i don't know if there's any other show on tv that's doing that right now so i hate this channel or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week and join us to explore the outer limits and quarantine zones of history, symbolism, parapolitics, myth, and more. We don't have insiders or some galactic confederation ambassador, but we do have books, memories, critical thinking skills, and an ability to recognize patterns. And we also know a little bit about a lot. But don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. Find the Fringe.fm Monday through Friday for new episodes of The Secret Teachings or check out TalkStream Live in the Paranormal Radio app. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info to subscribe to the entire show archive so that you can listen, stream, and download every episode after it airs. Subscribers also get access to our montages and digital books. www.thesecretteachings.info 
and The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on The Fringe FM. Don't settle for less. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence, David has no evidence, but... I hate this channel. Are you ready to explore the unknown and the secret teachings? Do you have everything you need? I've got my secret socks on, and my secret TV, and my secret TV channel. SpongeBob sounds ready. Are you? So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. Do you like The Secret Teachings and Ryan's passionately balanced approach to subjects from food and health to the entertainment industry and the occult? Then check out Ryan's books, available in PDF and softcover with free shipping in the United States. For a practical, balanced, and unique look at the food industry, vaccinations, the theories of disease, and geoengineering, grab a copy of Food Philosophy. For a deeper look into artificial intelligence, UFO cults, black goo, and packs made with the devil in the music and entertainment industry, have a look at the technological elixir. Or look for Ryan's masterpiece, Occult Arcana, an encyclopedia of occult knowledge spanning from mythology and science to symbols and sigils, from ritual magic to voodoo, and from comparative religion and psychic abilities to paranormal activity. All three books can be purchased on the website at thesecretteachings.info, where you can read reviews from other authors and radio hosts around the world. Just visit thesecretteachings.info. Hi, this is Laura. I'm from Las Vegas, and I listen to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable because he never fails to provide us with great information from various topics on which he's done extensive and thorough research to back him. Thank you for all that you do and all your hard work, Ryan, and thank you for sharing it with the rest of us. Join me on a journey where getting lost is the only true destination, where happiness is an illusion. Here, where the past, present, and future all coexist on the same timeline. Welcome to a future where our true reflection is only revealed once the screen goes. Dark. Welcome to the darkness. I hope you find it enlightening. You are listening to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM, where you can catch The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable five nights a week after Lighting the Void with Joe Roop. You're listening to KTLK Digital Broadcasting. How do you think you would react if you knew the truth? The Fringe FM. You could end up in a different part of time. You could go into your own past, then come visit yourself before you entered the beginning of the world. Are you telling me you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? Time's up. This what makes time travel possible? The flux capacitor. It can actually 
begin to twist time into a loop because in Einstein's theory, space and time are linked to each other. Whatever you do to space also eventually happens to time. So in addition to twisting space, you will eventually twist time into a loop. And along that loop in time, you can go back into the past. Where the hell are they? The appropriate question is, when the hell are they? You see, Einstein has just become the world's first time traveler. I step him into the future. Close time-like curves. And that's not a matter of taking time and reversing its direction. It's a matter of always going into future light tones, but ending up where you began. And this morning he woke up dead. How the hell do you wake up dead? Because you're alive when you go to sleep. Because you can go to bed and not be dead, and you can die but not be in the bed. But you are in the bed, man. That's how you wake up dead in the first place, fool. That's some quantum shit right there, man. What did I tell you? 88 miles this is what makes time travel possible. Time travel. You're listening to The Secret Teachings on the Fringe FM. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Did you watch that presidential debate last night? Donald Trump, Joe Biden, creepy, sleepy Joe. And I don't really like Donald Trump, but I liked a lot of what he said last night. I think that if I were up there debating Joe Biden, I'd have said a lot of the same stuff. Some interesting details about Donald Trump. You know, President Trump's uncle, John G. Trump, worked for the British branch of MIT Radiation Lab, which is and was funded by the Rockefellers, Rockefeller Foundation. Donald Trump's uncle, John G. Trump, developed rotational radiation therapy, and the lab he worked for purportedly had experimented with something to the nature of weather manipulation, weather control. Now, this is really interesting. You might know this, you might not know this. But it's interesting to hear it again. I know this, and it's still interesting to look at it again. John G. Trump was also the man specifically chosen to review the papers of Nikola Tesla after his death and on behalf of the Alien Property Custodian Office in D.C. These papers would have included the infamous death ray, which was not actually a ray, but as Tesla explained, a device that projects particles which may be relatively large or of microscopic dimensions, enabling us to convey to a small area at a great distance trillions of times more energy than is possible with rays of any kind. Many thousands of horsepower can thus be transmitted by a stream thinner than a hair so that nothing can resist. His invention was not radiation, but a charged particle beam, as biographer Margaret Cheney clarifies in her book Tesla, Man Out of Time. The United States Air Force supposedly worked on this theory in a project codenamed NICK, N-I-C-K, Project NICK, U-S-A-F, U.S. Air Force. Tesla goes on to explain his idea that this technology would, quote, make any country, large or small, impregnable against armies, airplanes, and other means of attacks, end quote. It would, quote, destroy anything, men or machines, approaching within a radius of 200 miles. It will, so to speak, this is Tesla, It will, so to speak, provide a wall of power offering an insuperable obstacle against any effective aggression, end quote. The so-called death ray was not some space-based weapon system, but would be employed from a large plant. It was also contrary to popular sensationalism and belief, not an offensive weapon. It was not a weapon that was going to blow things up, like the Death Star. Although it could perhaps be turned into one, It was more of a defensive method. 
And Tesla stated, quote, war can be stopped not by making the strong weak, but by making every nation weak or strong able to defend itself, basically creating like a, a shield, a, a, a force field, a, a protective barrier over a country. And this technology is in use today. It's just not the death ray that you're thinking. It's not like Thor's hammer or some kind of like, wasn't that from Gears of War where the laser comes down? It's not like a directed energy weapon per se. I mean, it is a directed energy weapon, but it's not like some orange laser starting a fire in California, but it might be based on the same technology. A lot of this hype and sensationalism that exists around Tesla is because of his apparent work with extraterrestrials. Now, these claims about Tesla being in contact with extraterrestrials, about him being a time travel, time traveler, about Donald Trump being a time traveler because of the uh, relationship that his uncle John G. Trump had working uh, with the Alien Property Custodian Office in D.C. looking, officially was chosen to look at the Tesla records, and then they classified them as a, a matter of national security. The FBI classified everything. They've, however, declassified three giant reports on Tesla, just a compilation of material on Tesla, uh, where people say the FBI claims that he's from Venus, and that's not true, as we documented in the first hour tonight. Uh, the paper that says that is simply an interplanetary sessions newsletter that was back in the 50s, and it was about a lecture given by George Van Tassel you know, of the Integratron, who said he built the Integratron with the help of Tesla's writings, alien communication, and the biblical tabernacle designs, something to that effect. And that's what it says in the newsletter about Venus and Tesla. It's not the FBI actually saying that. Although people probably speculated, not so much that he was in contact with aliens, but that this guy was otherworldly because of the thousands and thousands of inventions he he created, things that we use today, like x-rays and neon lights and remote automation systems and radio technology. Um, it's actually well-documented that Tesla beat Marconi to the invention of the radio. But Marconi still gets credit for that. Uh, he did invent, you know, something to, to the effect of a radio, but Tesla kind of beat him to it. Now, all that sensationalism, all that hype, all that, a lot of it nonsense, who, who really knows? You know, uh, but, but I'll tell you this. In context, in context, here's what actually happened. Julian Hawthorne from the Philadelphia North American wrote about men of Mars and other planets visiting Earth and reporting back home that they're not ready for us yet. That's a quote. They're not ready for us yet. Julian Hawthorne of the Philadelphia North American wrote about men of Mars and other planets visiting Earth and reporting back home that they're not ready for us yet. So the Martians came here, they looked at us, and they said they're not ready yet. They went home and they told their other alien friends. Alien guy went home, told his alien wife, they're just not ready for us, so you know we're going to take another break and go back in a couple of years. All this, uh, this idea changed in Julian Hawthorne's mind. Julian Hawthorne wrote, quote, Possibly they, the starry men, guide his development. Who can tell? That line right there is probably one of the most out-of-context lines about Nikola Tesla that you'll ever read. Possibly, 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 possibly they guide his development. Who can tell? We don't know. That's what Julian Hawthorne, Tesla's friend, wrote. 
And then what we hear today is Nikola Tesla was in contact with extraterrestrials. They helped him to build particle beams and death rays and free electricity. And No, that's not what happened. Uh, that is uh, preposterous. Uh, what actually happened was that his friend said, ah, it was like he was in contact with aliens. This guy was really far ahead of his time. And, uh, you know, we don't really know. Who can tell? That's a quote. Who can tell? Who knows? Who knows what? Tesla actually is or where he came from and maybe he's just a genius and maybe other people are really stupid possibly they guide his development who can tell he didn't say they do guide his development they're they're aliens it's just gives me a headache to think about because I get tired of the stuff take because I get tired of reading what people actually say and then listening to what people tell me without reading what they think that somebody said because they were told by somebody else what that person said even though they didn't read it you see what I mean it's just it gets really really uh It's really ridiculous. Now, Tesla wrote in a telegram in 1923, I have a deep conviction that highly intelligent beings exist on Mars. That's what he wrote. I have a highly, or I have a deep conviction that highly intelligent beings exist on Mars. He said, while experimenting in Colorado, I obtained extraordinary experimental evidence of the existence of life on Mars. I have perfected a wireless receiver of extraordinary sensitiveness, far beyond anything known. And I caught signals which I interpreted, that I interpreted, I interpreted, Tesla, I interpreted, as meaning one, two, three, four. I believe the Martians use numbers for communication because numbers are universal, end quote. That's a quote from Nikola Tesla. Intelligent beings. He he said that he believed that there were, quote, intelligent beings on a neighboring planet, Mars, but that much more needs to be done to... Determine this and um, that they're more scientifically advanced than human beings. None of that means Tesla was helped by extraterrestrials any more than all the similar stories suggest that Adolf Hitler and his government were also helped by extraterrestrials. You know, because you hear that too. Isn't that kind of weird? Don't you see like the parallel there? Nikola Tesla was helped by extraterrestrials. Okay. Nikola Tesla was helped by extraterrestrials. Adolf Hitler was helped by extraterrestrials. Die Glocke was alien technology. All the secret societies in Germany, they were channeling extraterrestrial technology, like contact. Want to take a ride? The Germans were actually doing that stuff. What proof do you have? Eh. I saw it on the History Channel. Ancient alien theorists believe... Nazi Hitler researchers believe it's just it's good television. Actually, it's not good television. It's it, it's terrible television, but it gets good ratings because people want to hear hype and nonsense. And when you set one of these people down and you say, well, this is actually what Tesla said. Mm, I'm going to go with the fantasy. That's cooler. That's that's more fun. That's more exciting than listening to what he actually said. I just want to I want to hear what the pop culture says. I want to hear what, you know, what this, this, he's not really a paper tiger per se, but they create this, this thing, this God, or they say paper tiger, more like a straw man. They create this straw man. It's not really what Tesla did. It's not really what Tesla said. It's not really what Einstein said. It's not really what Hitler said, but we'll go with it. We'll go with it. Like I heard somebody the other day say that Adolf Hitler wanted to destroy the family. No, he didn't. He wanted to preserve the family. He was tired of the communists trying to subvert the culture and the economy and society and the family. He tried to preserve those things. 
But no, because people are so wrapped up in the emotion, Hitler wanted to destroy the family. No, he didn't. Did you read Mein Kampf? He did not want to destroy the family. Did you actually read what Tesla said? I mean, I'm sure that there are thousands of gems in his writings that other people have picked out and they're saying the same thing I am. Tesla did not come from Venus. And, maybe, and if he did come from Venus, it's just it's not documented in the FBI records. So that's what I have in front of me. I have one of three classified, now declassified, reports on Nikola Tesla. And the first report is from the Interplanetary Sessions newsletter. I mentioned this a couple times tonight. It's really important. You go down in this newsletter. It's two pages. And it says, The space people have visited the Tesla engineers many times and have told us that Tesla was a Venusian. Brought to this, I've heard it, Venetian, Venusian. Brought to this planet as a baby in 1856 and left with Mr. and Mrs. Tesla in a remote mountain province in what is now Yugoslavia. Give me something funny, I'll say it for a nickel. Hey, Yugoslavia. Is that a family guy? (laughs) Family guy thing. So if you read this, it talks about Nikola Tesla being uh, from Venus and being being a Venusian. And this was written by Margaret and John Storm. And it was about a lecture given by George Van Tassel, who said he built the Integratron from Tesla's work and from the biblical tabernacle designs and from contacting extraterrestrials. Now, I'm going to speculate a little bit. Uh, I'm going to theorize a little bit. These things that were happening in the 50s, okay, uh, a lot of UFO cults, the giant space rock, uh, or giant space rock, the giant rock spacecraft convention, I don't know what the hell it is. The giant rock spacecraft convention, you know, held at Giant Rock in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. It lasted from 1953 to 1978. In 1959, it attracted over like 10,000 people, where people just flooded into the desert by car, or they landed airplanes on George Van Tassel's airstrip called Giant Rock Airport. And they go out there and they have this UFO fest, okay? And this is what Contact in the Desert actually kind of kind of spawned out of this because they had it at, at the Joshua Tree Retreat Center, Joshua Tree National Park, which is just uh, a little bit north of where the Giant Rock is and where the Integratron is. I've, I've actually been out there. I went out there with uh, Brad Olson one year and uh, David Hatcher Childress and his wife. We went out there and saw the Integratron. And then like the Hurtocks, you know those the, the, the Hurtock people? They creep me out, man. I don't know. I had them on my show, and the guy's like, he was yelling at me, telling me to control my show because a listener asked him on a phone call because I was taking calls. It's a question he didn't like. I don't know. It was very weird. One of the worst shows I ever did. I don't even know where it's at in the archives. It's embarrassing. I don't know. The Her Talks just, uh, I think they're really smart people. I think they're really intelligent, and, and they can be very kind. But they just, there's something about them that just, they might be aliens. All right? I'm going to say that. They might be, I think Stephen Greer's an alien. I think uh, the Hurtocks might be aliens. They're like Jewish aliens or something. I don't know. You know? Something weird there. But I think they like own the Integratron now. And they were out there a couple of years at Contact in the Desert. And other people are like, well, I want to go see the Integratron. And it's like, no. No, you can't. The Hurtocks own it. And they only let special people that are their friends go and see it. It's like, you can't get the hell out of here. What is wrong with these people? What is wrong with these cult members? And there's all kinds of different cults. But the psychology of this, like, we're better than you. We get the Integratron. You don't. 
like a kid, like mm, sticking their tongue out. That's what it, that's what this stuff sounds like to me. That's why it's got you got to divorce yourself from it. And when you hear stuff like Nikola Tesla, so an, an alien from Venus, really, where'd you hear that? The FBI said it. Really? Well, let me look at the FBI papers. Go ahead, it's there. I promise. Okay, let me look. Uh, nope, that actually that was a newsletter. That wasn't the FBI. They just documented it and compiled it because they were collecting data on Nikola Tesla. Oh, you don't believe that Tesla was an alien? No, I don't. Can you prove it to me? Well, the FBI said it. Well, dude, I just showed you the FBI didn't say it. They just documented what other people were saying because they were interested in a guy who might have been a threat to national security. That's why they classified all of his information after he died. That's why the Alien Property Custodian Office in D.C. took all of his papers, including the documents about the death ray, classified it, and then used that content, that information, probably uh, in the Air Force, in the the Navy, the, the Army, the military used it. The Pentagon has it, and they used it along with the defense contractors and the aerospace industry to build weapons of mass destruction today, which was the opposite of what Tesla wanted the technology to be used for. He wanted it to be used as like a force field, a shield against warfare, not as a deterrent against warfare, not as a weapon to wage more war. And then people are like, well, that's why they killed him. That's why they killed him. Do you have any idea how old this guy was? Do you have any idea how alone this guy was? Do you have any idea how isolated this was? This guy was? Do you have any idea what this guy, what kind of life this guy was living? Did you actually read a Tesla biography and learn about it? Do you know that you look at pictures of Tesla before he died, the guy is just like really, really gaunt. He just looks like, he looks miserable in some of the pictures. You know? And also, there's the other picture of him with like the electricity around him, that wasn't a single photograph. That was like an elapsed amount of time. Wasn't a single photograph. He died in 1943. You want to do the math with me? Born in 1856. That's 44 years. Plus 43 additional years. So 44, 43, 87, the guy was old. He was 87 years old, okay? He was a very old man when he died. He was very disconnected from people, all right? He had extreme obsessive compulsiveness. He didn't want his food to touch, all right? He kept himself pretty much locked away a lot of his life. He didn't have a lot of money because he gave all that up to continue uh, to develop the types of technologies he was developing. He was an old, lonely guy, from what I've read, an old, lonely guy, and he died at about 86, 87 years old, somewhere around there, you know, because the difference when he was born, he was born on, uh, he died on, in January, he was born in July, so it's like 86, 87 when he died. That's pretty old. They're like, no, 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 see, they sent a special ops team in to his hotel, and they executed him and took all of his papers. Why didn't they just do that when he was younger? Why did they wait till he was 86, 87 years old? Why did they wait till he was almost 90 to kill him? You know, like when John McCain died. Oh, that's the deep state right there being taken out by the Alliance. What the hell are you talking about? Why didn't they just get John McCain when he was shaking hands with Al-Qaeda? Why didn't they get John McCain when he was on stage laughing with an erection about how he was going to bomb Iran? Why didn't they get John McCain or George H.W. Bush or David Rockefeller when they were named by Kathy O'Brien 
George H.W. Bush was as being one of her sexual satanic ritual abuse uh, uh, abusers. Why didn't they get him then? Why didn't they get George H.W. Bush when he was smacking old ladies on the ass? Why didn't they get him when he gave his speech about the new world order, not the law of the jungle, but will fulfill the role of the U.N.'s founders? Why didn't they get him then? Why did they wait till this guy was like almost 100 years old to kill him? You know, it's just I'm so sick and tired of the shit, okay? It's bullshit. I'm tired of it. It's ridiculous. It's embarrassing. And you should be embarrassed if you buy into this nonsense by these frauds that sell you this false information because it's so fantastical. Just like Joseph Goebbels said, you tell that lie so fantastic and people are bound to believe it because who could make up such a ridiculous story like this? You need context. You need objectivity. And then I'm being so sincere and passionate with you right now, and people are going to tell me, Ryan, you're being mean. You're being really mean to these people. They just want to know the truth. You don't want to know the truth. If you wanted to know the truth, you wouldn't just believe everything you're told. If you wanted to know the truth, you'd listen to what I'm saying, and you'd see the context and the perspective of what I'm telling you. I don't have the answers, and I can guarantee you that other people who are not objective and who are not looking at things unbiasedly and who are not reading the FBI report and who are not actually looking into and reading Tesla biographies and seeing what the guy actually said, I guarantee you that those people have zero idea what they're talking about. Zero idea what they're talking about. I don't know hardly anything, but I guarantee you I know more than those people. That's a serious question, by the way. Why did they wait till Nikola Tesla was almost 90? Why did they wait till George H.W. Bush? I guess that means the alliance has been taking out people for a long time, and so has the cabal. The cabal wiped out Nikola Tesla and stole his files. No, that's not what happened. When he died, they send in the alien property custodian office. They send in John G. Trump, Donald Trump's uncle. That's right, the president of the United States, his uncle, who worked for the British branch of MIT Radiation Lab, which was funded by the Rockefellers, his uncle went in and his uncle was in charge of going through the papers. And now people, and this is an interesting theory. I'm in, I'm into this, that Trump is a time traveler. Interesting. You know, you read those books about Trump Tower and the last president of the United States. That's real. We've done a show on that. That's really interesting. And I, and I'm very willing to listen to that because it's just, it's weird. However, I don't necessarily think that it proves anything. Maybe it, it's a result of time manipulation in a way we don't fully understand. Like maybe it's like retro causality. Maybe it's retro causality. Maybe something in the past is affecting, uh, or something in the future is affecting the past, which affects the future because it's like a time loop. I don't know. We talked with uh, Jordan Maxwell about that. It's, it's, isn't that kind of strange? Donald Trump's uh, uncle was involved in that. And, and here's the weird... You want to hear the, the dumbest thing I've ever heard about Tesla? Let me tell you that while I, while I take a deep breath here. Here's the dumbest thing I ever heard about Tesla. Uh, the alien property custodian office in D.C. And they took all of his records after he died. You do understand that alien doesn't mean extraterrestrial. <laughs> you know, alien, it just means like... He immigrated here, okay? He wasn't born here. He was an alien. If you do it illegally, you're an illegal alien. Although that's a microaggression now. But I've heard people say, the alien property custodian office went after Tesla's papers when he died. Oh my God, this proves he's an alien. No, it's the alien property custodian office. He, he, was, he is an immigrant. He wasn't from Venus. 
Okay? He wasn't he was from Yugoslavia, not from Venus. Jesus Christ. This is what happens when you have unchecked information and you have no sense of self-awareness and you give people too much and they don't have any responsibility and they don't have any system of checks and balances and they just go wild. And George Van Tassel's building Integratrons and then people are trying to storm Area 51 in the desert with glittery paint on their bodies, taking acid, and then Tesla's a time traveler from Venus and it's like, let's put this into perspective, please. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. We're going to put it into perspective every night on The Secret Teachings, Monday through Friday, right here on The Fringe FM. You can subscribe to our archive at thesecretteachings.info. You get access to the montages, the books, and more. And you can read my book, The Technological Elixir. There's a big section in it on UFO cults. We also talk about George Van Tassel in that book as well www.thesecretteachings.info The Technological Elixir It's available on the website You can read reviews and more www.thesecretteachings.info Stay with us More of The Secret Teachings Right after this Don't go anywhere On The Fringe FM Alien Property Custodian Office Jesus Christ It's Giorgio Tsoukalos from Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. You are listening to The Secret Teachings with your host, Ryan Gable. To contact Ryan, email rdgable at yahoo.com. You could listen to this. And that show is now running all day Friday and all day Saturday on History Channel, which is really amazing. I don't know if there's any other show on TV that's doing that right now, so... I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week, and join us to explore the outer limits and quarantine zones of history, symbolism, parapolitics, myth, and more. We don't have insiders or some galactic confederation ambassador, but we do have books, memories, critical thinking skills, and an ability to recognize patterns. And we also know a little bit about a lot. But don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. Find the Fringe.fm Monday through Friday for new episodes of The Secret Teachings or check out TalkStream Live in the Paranormal Radio app. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info to subscribe to the entire show archive so that you can listen, stream, and download every episode after it airs. Subscribers also get access to our montages and digital books www.thesecretteachings.info and The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on The Fringe FM. Don't settle for less. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence, David has no evidence, but... I hate this channel. Are you ready to explore the unknown and The Secret Teachings? Do you have everything you need? I've got my secret socks on and my secret TV and my secret TV channel. SpongeBob sounds ready. Are you... They all say the same thing. They're all like, you know, over the last four years, everything good that happened was because of us. And we would have done more good stuff if it wasn't for those guys. And then they, the Democrats go, oh, we did all the good stuff. <laughs> it's like you're all working for the same guy. Hi, Jeremy Scott here from Into the Power of Normal, and I'm back live Saturdays at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on The Fringe FM. 
Did you buy Alexa? No, I don't know why people would voluntarily bug your own house. Like, do you think you're the only one listening in on that? You never saw weird science, how creepy these nerds are? All these cameras on your phone, all of that. The people go on Ancestry.com. Why would you send your saliva into the internet? Why don't you just go to the Illuminati and help them build your robot replacement? Alex Hi, I'm Alex Exum, and you're listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. Do you like the secret teachings and Ryan's passionately balanced approach to subjects from food and health to the entertainment industry and the occult? Then check out Ryan's books, available in PDF and soft cover with free shipping in the United States. For a practical, balanced, and unique look at the food industry, vaccinations, the theories of disease, and geoengineering, grab a copy of Food Philosophy. For a deeper look into artificial intelligence, UFO cults, black goo, and packs made with the devil in the music and entertainment industry, have a look at the technological elixir. Or look for Ryan's masterpiece, Occult Arcana, an encyclopedia of occult knowledge spanning from mythology and science to symbols and sigils, from ritual magic to voodoo, and from comparative religion and psychic abilities to paranormal activity. All three books can be purchased on the website at thesecretteachings.info, where you can read reviews from other authors and radio hosts around the world. Just visit thesecretteachings.info. Understand the procedure now? Just stop a few of their machines and radios and telephones and lawnmowers. Throw them into darkness for a few hours and then sit back and watch the pattern. And this pattern is always the same? With few variations. They pick the most dangerous enemy they can find. And it's themselves. All we need to do is sit back and watch. If you're God and you made the whole universe, are you just going to sit back watching one planet? Maybe that's why the Earth is so fucked up. I don't think he's been watching us for the last couple thousand. When was the last time he reached out? When was the last time he went up, was in a burning bush going, hey, hey, you there, you there with the long curvy stick next to the sheep? I think he's been watching other Earths. I'm Ryan Gable of the Secret Teachings Radio Show, and you're listening to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Check out my show, The Secret Teachings, Monday through Friday, right here on The Fringe, 11 p.m. Pacific, 1 a.m. Eastern, U.S. time. You're listening to KTLK Digital Broadcasting. How do you think you would react if you knew the truth? The Fringe FM. That is not only admirable, but uh, but it's, it's, it's great to know that there are some young people in America who do have a good mind and are actually seeing what's going on and doing something about it. And that's why I'd uh, be delighted to come on your show anytime. You call me and I'll be there. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell. My website is jordanmaxwellshow.com. And you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Excellent shows. Keep listening with your host, Ryan Gable. It's time you got acquainted with the real hard truth. You're listening to KTLK Digital Broadcasting. May I have the password, please? The Fringe FM. That's right, sir. That is the password. 
You could end up in a different part of time. You could go into your own past, then come visit yourself before you entered the beginning of the wormhole. Are you telling me that you built a time machine out of a DeLorean? Time's up. This is what makes time travel possible. The flux capacitor. It can actually begin to twist time into a loop, because in Einstein's theory, space and time are linked to each other. Whatever you do to space also eventually happens to time. So in addition to twisting space, you will eventually twist time into a loop. And along that loop in time, you can go back into the past. Where the hell are they? The appropriate question is, when the hell are they? You see, Einstein has just become the world's first time traveler. I sent him into the future. Close time-like curves. And that's not a matter of taking time and reversing its direction. It's a matter of always going into future light tones, but ending up where you began. And this morning he woke up dead. How the hell do you wake up dead? Because you're alive when you go to sleep. Because you can go to bed and not be dead, and you can die but not be in the bed. But you are in the bed, man. That's how you wake up dead in the first place, fool. That's some quantum shit right there, man. What did I tell you? 88 miles this is what makes time travel possible. Time's up. The flux capacitor. I'm Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings on the Fringe FM, Monday through Friday, at the same time each night, our archive at thesecretteachings.info. You can find my books on the website as well, top news, montages, and more, all at www.thesecretteachings.info. Water has been found on Mars. Water's also been found on the moon over and over again, but we kind of forget that. We lose our place in history and in memory every time we hear a story like this. But water has been found on Mars, as documented by the ESA, the European Space Agency, and their Mars Advanced Radar for Subsurface and Ionosphere Sounding, Marsis. Water on Mars. Another story came out this month, September 2020 about life on Venus. Some people got very upset about this. There were other stories that came out as a result where scientists and physicists said, no, that's not possible. And I'd like to see the evidence for both of those claims. It seemed like there was more evidence theoretically for claims that there was life on Venus than that there is not life on Venus, but I don't know. I don't know. I guess my issue is, as a radio host, I have a really hard time passing off speculation as fact, and I have a really hard time, it's impossible, for me to accept speculation and theory in part of a delusional point of view to sell you entertainment as some form of credible, factual, informative package. I try to make this show informative, and I try to make this show fun. I know I don't even try. I know I don't make it fun and informative, and I know it's entertaining. And We make these montages that you just heard. But I can't sit here, and I can't tell you that I just believe something and that I think you should believe it, or I should imply that you believe it. You know, you see, I understand to some degree, like if you were to you really study something, you understand marketing and you understand how people are attracted to things and how people are 
are more willing to buy something, and I'm talking about ideas, and you play to that. I get that. That's completely understandable. But when you know that you're full of shit, and you just sit there behind a microphone, and you tell people what they want to hear, and you don't actually question your guests... And I got, I've got so tired of guests, I can barely have a guest on anymore. I just can't, I can't do it. I can't take it anymore. I really, I'm having like a breakdown. I can't take it. I can't take the nonsense anymore. You know, there are a lot of great guests. There are more great guests than there are terrible guests. But I, I, I just want to provide a different perspective than even those people are providing. And when we want some expertise on something, we'll get someone like that on the show. Otherwise, this is commentary on topical matters and other things, and maybe I'm explaining too much. My point, I guess, is if I'm asking for proof or evidence of something or I'm trying to look at both sides of a situation, that's what it looks like to be an actual researcher, a journalist, that's what it means to have an open mind. I know that's why you listen, because you have an open mind too. There might be a few people who just hate the show. I know that for sure there are people that hate me, so they subscribe so that they can listen and so that they can hate. That's cool. The reason I'm describing this is because tonight's topic, it's not a popular topic per se, but it is really popular. And it's also very speculative and theoretical, even the basis of, of time travel. It's all theoretical. There's a university student at the University of Queensland who has mathematically demonstrated that time travel is possible without paradox by so long as you operate within the closed time-like curves, the CTCs, there is local free will so long as those two pieces of the CTCs are in casual order with each other. So, essentially proving that time travel is possible without paradox. It doesn't mean that the guy built a DeLorean with a flux capacitor and drove 88 miles an hour in the parking lot of JCPenney. It just means that mathematically, they determine that it's kind of possible. The reason I bring up water on Mars and water on the moon and monoliths on Phobos, one of the moon, uh, moons of Mars and life on Venus is because I came across this other interesting story that pertains to time travel and extraterrestrials. It's from the Epoch Times, and it says, FBI report, Nikola Tesla, inventor of wireless technology and alien from Venus. And it talks about three declassified FBI reports. One of those reports, just one of them, talks about Nikola Tesla and his engineers being visited by space people and that he got a lot of his ideas from these space people or that more specifically he himself was a space person so what I did was I went into the FBI archive it's not hard it doesn't make me special you can just look this up you know, like John D'Souza who's been on the show before former FBI X-Files he'll tell you that you just you type it in X-Files or not X-Files, excuse me, type in FBI vault and you can find Chupacabra, you can find Bigfoot, you can find UFOs, you can find paranormal experiences, you can find Nikola Tesla. And here it is. There are three declassified files, one of them, the third of three files. It has a page at the very beginning, 64 pages I think total, but it has a page at the beginning 
from the 1950s. It was written by Margaret and John Storm. You might know who they are. And it was about George Van Tassel and Dan Fry giving a speech in New York for a $1.25 donation. You could go and listen to this thing, watch it. It was about flying saucers, it was about UFOs, and it was about Nikola Tesla. About Nikola Tesla. And, you know, Margaret Storm, of course, you know, she wrote a book, Return of the Dove, uh, a story of the life of Nikola Tesla, the scientist, and how part, how his inventions play a part in, in the New Age. It's interesting because, you know, there's George Van Tassel, there's the New Age, there's Nikola Tesla, there's aliens. The document says the space people have visited Tesla engineers many times and have told us that Tesla was a Venusian brought to this planet as a baby in 1856 and left with Mr. and Mrs. Tesla in a remote mountain province in what is now Yugoslavia. That's what the actual document says. Now, George Van Tassel, if you don't know who that is, he's one of the classical contact E fathers of what I would call, and I don't think George Van Tassel is the same as like some of these UFO cultists. But he, in a sense, kind of started a UFO cult in a way. It's kind of like George Andamsky, you know, kind of like the Billy Meyer people. Those people have been on my ass for years. I'm not interested at the moment, okay? I'm not interested at the moment about Billy Meyer, okay? George Van Tassel hosted a giant rock spacecraft convention through the 50s, 60s, and 70s. The late 1950s, he had more attendees than any other year. And people came to the desert, and they they gathered around this giant rock for this convention. And there was the Integratron there, just north of Joshua Tree National Park. And this is where, you know, Contact in the Desert used to be, the big conference we go to every year. Got canceled this year. George Van Tassel claimed that this structure, which is like a sound bath, if you go lay down in it, you get a sound bath, and uh, it rejuvenates you. And it, it very well might. I've never laid down in it because I think the Hertox own it now, and they're very stingy. They don't want just anybody going in there, you know. And so uh, the George Van Tassel said he built this thing based off of the dimensions of the biblical tabernacle, the writings of Nikola Tesla, and as a result of communication with aliens. So he didn't say Tesla was an alien. He just said, like, we base this off of the writings of Nikola Tesla and uh, also directions that telepathically are given by aliens. It's always very convenient. Telepathically, we don't have any evidence. Just tell, I was talked to by aliens. Come to my convention. You know, blow me, and uh, I'll let you into the Integratron. I'm not saying that's what George Van Hassel did. I'm just saying, like, that's what these UFO New Age cults have become today. I've got a whole section on it in my book, The Technological Elixir. And then there are, you know, there are so many others. You know, David Wilcock is... He's one of those cult leaders, isn't he? He's the sleeping prophet, reincarnated, right? But he won't take the reincarnation test. There's others like Judy Knight. Remember Jay-Z Knight, the New Age teacher and the author? And she channels a 35,000-year-old spiritual entity from Atlantis called Ramtha. And she runs this big compound called Ramtha's School of Enlightenment. It's in uh, the rural town of Yelm, Washington State, part of a large compound. She's got an immense fortune, a fortune, of course, from all this. And then, of course, up there in the Pacific Northwest, you've got you know the home of another cult called, or at least you have this cult, the Rajanish cult with Bhagwan or Osho, the Indian spiritual guru and philosopher. Uh, they did become violent, you know, when they amassed a stockpile of guns to protect their compound, which is okay. But then they poisoned hundreds in the town of the Dolls, Oregon, 
by contaminating salad bars, just a, one of the biggest bioterrorism attacks in U.S. history, uh, and in order to take control of a town politically uh, in Antelope, Oregon. Then you have, and I've been kicked out of this place, so it's, you know, I never had any personal issues with this guy. He was also nice. He was always, always very nice. But I did a roundtable discussion with him one time. Uh, the Eseti Ranch in Washington State at Trout Lake. You know, people get together. I've been there before. Get together. They watch the Mount Adams for strange phenomena, like erratically moving lights. Uh, the owner of the ranch, James Gilland, supposedly channels a being named Kazekiel, whom he had contact with in like 1979. Kazekiel is better known as Ezekiel, right? And he's also, James has also had like these interactions with beans while making food in this kitchen. You know that? Listen, 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 listen. Look, listen. James Gillen said that he got contact with Ezekiel because he was in his kitchen making food. That's where the Seti spaghetti comes from. Now, Jay-Z Knight likewise became a conduit for Ramtha while in her kitchen. This is all official. James Gillen was in his kitchen, and he channels Kazekiel. I don't know what kind of spices he was using, but they must have been good because he channeled Kazekiel. Kazekiel was like, damn, that smells good. I'm going to get in there and, and get a taste of that. I'm going to get in this guy's body and taste that. And then Jay-Z Knight also, same thing, became a conduit for Ramtha. I was in my kitchen making something, and all of a sudden I got Ramtha in me. And she must have been cooking with some good spices too. And then also, this is my favorite David Wilcock claims that he had spiritual enlightenment in his kitchen. You can listen to him say this. I've got the audio. When a voice told him to go outside, whereby he witnessed a rainbow, which is significant because if you read Genesis, Genesis 9.16, whenever the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and all living creatures of every kind on earth. In other words, Wilcock's like, yeah, I saw a rainbow sent by God. It was a sign and, you know, I'm in charge. And of course, you got Jordan Sather before, you know, he became famous for spreading either intentional misinformation or just ignorant and subjective opinions as fact. He too was working in a kitchen making smoothies. That's not a joke. That's real. So literally, Jordan Sather and David Wilcock were in the kitchen when they had enlightenment. James Gillen and Jay-Z Knight were in the kitchen when they had enlightenment. This is something I pieced together, okay? You're going to get this nowhere else. This is in my book, The Technological Elixir, and it's what you're going to get on The Secret Teachings. Four, count them four, major cult leaders, maybe not so much James Gillen, but, but Jay-Z Knight, David Wilcock, and Jordan say they're cult leaders. These, pe- these people literally all said they had enlightenment in their kitchen. Okay, so this is the, let me tell you something, this is a secret. This is the real reason I spend so much time cooking. I'm trying to get enlightened, okay? I'm making steamed kale, I'm making stir fry, I'm making lasagna, I'm making soup, I'm making other kinds of like guacamole pasta, homemade salsa. I'm trying to figure out the recipe for what will allow me to channel a 35,000-year-old Atlantean being into my body. Maybe I have to have a vagina for that. Maybe I have to be a woman. Okay, well, let me try to channel, you know, some kind of kazekiel into my body. Maybe God will send me a rainbow. Earlier today, it was raining outside. Maybe if I had went into my kitchen when it was raining and a little bit of sunlight, I'd have got told to go outside and see the rainbow. See, this is what happens when you have cult leaders. And then you have those like uh, Claude Vorhilhan, who founded a direct UFO religion called Rahilism, Rahil, 
Raoulism, in 1974, they believed that life on Earth was scientifically created by a species of humanoid extraterrestrials, which is a similar view held by ancient astronaut theorists and specifically found in the works of Zachariah Sitchin and Maytest M. Agrest. Hmm. You know, the New Age movement? Check this out. The New Age movement originated in the 1970s as a series of religious beliefs and practices that spread throughout Western nations. Now, depending on the person asked to define these beliefs, you're going to get different answers, but they're going to usually revolve around crystals and vibrations and lights and colorful clothing and makeup and psychoactive substances and alien saviors and shamans and gurus and sex and a passive attitude towards worldly affairs and a do-what-thou-wilt attitude towards life. In this way, the New Age movement is essentially a continuation of the flower power counterculture that was cultivated in the 1960s and 70s when George Van Tassel was running his Integratron UFO giant rock convention. With primary support coming from think tanks and the intelligence agencies, this support included rock bands, drugs like LSD, and sexual promiscuinity. The intention was to subvert dissent and replace it with a counterculture of apathy and an attitude of do what thou wilt. Meanwhile, there are many contactees who are much less vocal about their experiences, fearing ridicule, fearing ostracization, while others you know, are actively seeking out attention. We want to be seen. There are many people that have actually had experiences that you don't hear about because they're not as marketable. And that really is at the core of this. Reading honestly what Nikola Tesla said about his interaction with aliens, which was very little to none, he speculated. He said, I speculate, I'm not sure. Here's what I think I interpret from these communications. There might be beings on other worlds that are near us like Mars. His friend, uh, Mr. Hawthorne, said something very similar. It was, a, it was a writer who said that Tesla uh, was like, kind of like he was being guided by aliens. That His friend uh, um, Julian Hawthorne literally just wrote, possibly they guide his development. That's what he wrote. But it's not, you can't sell that, can you? You can't really sell that. You can't really sell that Nikola Tesla was godlike, but that he, he wasn't actually a god or an alien. So you say, well, the FBI reported it. No, the FBI didn't report it. The FBI just has a paper in their archives that says that he's an alien, but it was written by people associated with George Van Tassel, which is the whole reason I just described to you a lot of New Age UFO cults in the last five to ten minutes here. Because specifically in that paper, it talks about Margaret Storm who was assigned to work with space people, writing a book called Return of the Dove about Nikola Tesla and about how Tesla's inventions would play a part in the New Age movement, which, boom, bingo, George Van Tassel said he got the idea of the Integratron from Nikola Tesla's writings. This means that people are taking things that they either don't understand or they know full well what they're doing, and they're turning it into a religious experience. They're turning it into a cult whether to make money, to become famous, or because they suffer from serious, serious delusions. And who am I to say what's right and what's not right? I really find it interesting, though, that President Donald Trump's uncle, John G. Trump, was in charge of organizing Tesla's papers after he died. People say, well, John G. Trump was working for the Alien Property Custodian Office. He was working with, they have an, an office to examine extraterrestrials. No, it means that he was an immigrant. <laughs> it 
It doesn't mean he was an alien. It doesn't mean that. That's an interesting story, though, because then people start to speculate, and this is an interesting theory that maybe Donald Trump's a time traveler. You know those books that were written about time travel, about the president, Trump, Baron Trump, the adventures of Baron Trump, and his president's son, but the last president of the U.S., and It's a little bit different than what the Simpsons would have predicted. So there's something interesting there. We've done a show on that before, but I think there's a little bit less to this than we think. People say there's a little bit more. I think there's a little bit less. A little bit less. I think when you take away the party streamers and the balloons, I think when you take away the marching band playing, you take away the pomp and the pageantry, You have someone like Nikola Tesla, who was a genius. You have someone like Adolf Hitler, someone like uh, the various German scientists, even the Soviet scientists, American scientists, Japanese scientists. But since Hitler lost, you have these people that, although the U.S. and the Soviet Union and others were doing the same thing, the Japanese and particularly the Germans were much more evil, so they must have been contacting aliens to get this technology. And if that were the case, and this was so evil... Why was there an operation to bring 1,600 Nazi scientists to the U.S. and hundreds others to the Soviet Union? It's just, it's fabricated. It's it's part of the intelligence psyop. Because there are things that Nikola Tesla worked on that are truly out of this time, out of this world. Doesn't mean that he's an alien, doesn't mean he's an extraterrestrial, and it doesn't mean he's a time traveler. What does it mean? I don't know. It's up for discussion and it's up for debate something that you can decide for yourself i don't have an answer to that question but i've given you the information tonight and maybe you can decide for yourself i'm ryan gable this is the secret teachings triple w dot the secret teachings is the website if you go to the website you will find our full show archive www.thesecretteachings.info subscribe to the archive get access to the montages and my digital books you can also buy a book separately soft cover free shipping in the United States the uh, technological elixir covers a lot of what we talked about tonight it's a big book too the technological elixir only available at thesecretteachings.info contact us at rdgable at yahoo.com rdgable at yahoo.com com. Find us on social media, facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings. And don't forget about the Fringe FM, the network, the Fringe FM on Facebook and the Fringe.fm, the website. I'm Ryan Gable. This is the secret teachings. Stay safe, stay informed. And we'll talk to you on the next broadcast. The music tonight. The music you're hearing right now is by White Bat Audio. The other music you heard tonight for the bumpers was from Kevin McLeod and Hinter. Stay tuned to the Fringe FM.
You're listening to KTLK Digital Broadcasting. How do you think you would react if you knew the truth? The Fringe FM. (laughs) 